Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian, this is Hannah Miller. And let's dive right into what happened while we were away this week. So we don't have, I'm I'm only going to dive into a few stories because these two stories are tied together and they're big stories and I, but I do feel like there was a lot of things that happened this week, but I want to dive into the nitty gritty of these two stories uh, this week, and we just don't have time to cover everything. So at the same time that Democratic Texas representatives fled Texas to avoid actually going to work and voting on an election security bill to protect their elections, we get the news that, yes, it does look like fraud happened in Georgia and Arizona. So first, Let's discuss what the Texas bill actually does. No, it's not a racist bill. And no, it does not suppress voters. So first of all, it bans paid ballot harvesting. So if you're unfamiliar with that term ballot harvesting, this is the practice of gathering and submitting complete absentee or mail-in voter ballots by third-party individuals, volunteers, or party workers, rather than submission by the voter themselves directly to ballot collection sites. All right, so that's the first thing. Second, it requires voter ID verification for mail-in ballots in line with in-person voting. So it's nothing extra. It's just a very, it's the same thing that they have for in-person voting. They're now requiring for mail-in voting. Voters can also provide the last four digits of their social security number if they don't have a driver's license. Look, 80% of Americans support voter ID laws, according to Gallup. All right. And furthermore, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, voter ID laws do not stop voters. And quoting that study, no negative effect on registration or turnout overall for any group defined by race, gender, age or party affiliation. All right. So and that's in a nationwide panel from 2008 to 2018. So 10 years of research, voter IDs did not stop anybody from going out and voting, and 80% of Americans support voter ID laws. It's just common sense. All right, the next thing, it sets uniform voting times for early voting to reduce confusion while expanding hours on the weekend. This fixed the different voting times that were happening in different counties that confused voters because one county would have that one time frame and another county would have another time frame, and so it confused a lot of people, and so now they're saying, nope, we want it all the same across the state, and I think that's very wise. The next thing, it ensures accountability at the polls by allowing poll watchers to observe election workers, improving transparency and confidence in the results. Again, very common sense. I don't see what the problem here is. Next thing, it strengthens the ban on unmanned mail-in drop boxes and prohibits unsolicited distribution of mail-in ballot applications by public officials. All right. Next, sets uniform procedures for verifying the authenticity of mail-in ballots while also giving voters the chance to correct mistakes if they are discovered. Next, requires those assisting voters with filling out their ballots to complete a form verifying their identity and to take an oath stating that they will not try to influence a voter one way or another. And then finally, it ends the temporary emergency measures that were put in place solely because of the pandemic, like drive-through voting and 24-hour early voting. Look, not a single one of these things suppresses anybody. It's not racist. 
It just makes sure that things are done correctly. And anybody looking at these points would say, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with saying, hey, we need to make sure that if somebody's helping somebody else vote, vote, fill out an absentee ballot, that they're doing it with integrity and they're not influencing that person. Hey, we need to make sure that there's no confusion between one county and the next and what times the polls are open. That's common sense kind of thing. Hey, we need to make sure that the people that are voting are actually who they say they are and they're actually citizens of this country. Hey, we need to make sure that the mail-in drop boxes, that that's being done the right way, that they're following procedure, okay? None of these things, none of them, should cause anybody with any kind of common sense an issue. Because when we're talking about the integrity of our elections, we should want more transparency and we should want to be more careful or we should always pursue being more careful with how these things are done. And unless you have nefarious goals, these things, you will, you will appreciate these steps that Texas is trying to put in place. All right. So that's what's going on in Texas. That's the Texas bill. That's what the the Democrats fled the state of Texas to avoid voting on. And of course, Greg Abbott has said when they come back, we're going to arrest them because it's against the law for them to flee. So whether all of that happens or not, I, I don't know. It remains to be seen. But that's where it is. That's where it stands right now. And this is the actual bill that they've all said this is, you know, racist and, and it suppresses voters. And see, the thing is, is they get away with saying that kind of thing because the mainstream media and folks don't put out the truth about what the bill actually does, what it actually says. And so they get away with lying about it because People aren't told the actual truth, and then they don't pursue it for themselves. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. So what's the latest with Arizona and Georgia? Well, first thing, the results of the independent audit of Maricopa County in Arizona that was conducted by the state Senate, they found 74,000 absentee ballot mail-in records missing. They found 25,000 duplicates. The voter rolls were a mess. They had bleed-throughs and tens of thousands of ballots on demand. And just so you are reminded, Biden is currently the declared winner of the state by just 10,457 votes. And so when people after the election were saying there was no massive voter fraud, there was no massive voter fraud, well, really, when you're talking about a swing of 10,457 votes, there, there doesn't have to be, quote, end quote, massive voter fraud to swing states that are that close. Same is true for Georgia. And we're about we're going to dive into that information, too, and what that race is looking like right now or what that information is looking like right now and the numbers that that race was determined by. It doesn't have to be, quote, massive. They just needed a few thousand to swing those states. But of course, as information comes out, we're finding out 74,000 absentee ballot mail-in records are missing and, you know, tens of thousands of issues with ballots. Or, excuse me, tens of thousands of ballots have issues, having issues. And so we are finding out that there was levels of fraud, mismanagement to the tune of tens of thousands of ballots. All right, so what's the latest with Georgia? 
So Garland Favorito founded Voter Georgia, an election integrity organization, and they have just tenaciously followed the November election in Fulton County, including the ballot storage and recounts. He has a video out where he kind of walks you through some of the things that they did and how they found some of this information. So I encourage you to go look that up. I think Tucker Carlson had a little blip of it on his uh, on his show one one day this last week. So his organization now has irrefutable proof that there was election and recount fraud in Fulton County, Georgia. And of course, it's noteworthy that Biden, quote unquote, won Georgia by only 11,779 votes. Again, it's not, you know, we, we didn't have to have, quote unquote, massive fraud for these things to happen. It was just a few thousand where they were able to flip things around. So you can see the press release from Vota Georgia, uh, but these are the key factual assertions that they made. The team's analysis revealed that... 923 of 1,539 mail-in ballot batch files contained votes incorrectly reported in Fulton's official November 3rd, 2020 results. These inaccuracies are due to discrepancies in votes for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and total votes cast compared to their reported audit totals for respective batches. Thus, this is key, the error reporting rate in Fulton's hand count audit is a whopping 60 percent. One type of error that they discovered involved duplicate results reporting for batches of ballots. The team found at least 36 batches of mail-in ballots with 4,255 total extra votes were redundantly added into Fulton County audit results for the November election. These illicit votes include 3,390 extra votes for Joe Biden, 865 extra votes for Donald Trump, and 43 extra votes for Joe Jorgensen. But it's not simply a case of errors. The voter GA team found seven falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals for their respective batches. So, for example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden, 42 for Donald Trump, and zero for Joe Jorgensen was reported as 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. The seven batches of ballot images with 554 votes for Joe Biden, 140 votes for Donald Trump, and 11 votes for Joe Jorgensen had tally sheets in the audit falsified to show 850 votes for Biden, zero votes for Trump, and zero votes for Joe Jorgensen. Fulton County failed to include over 100,000 tally sheets, including more than 50,000 from mail-in ballots, when the results were originally published for the full hand-count audit conducted by the Office of the Secretary of State for the November 3, 2020 election. Those tally sheets remained missing until late February, when the county supplemented their original audit results. Petitioners contend that Fulton County did not provide Dropbox transfer forms for at least three pickup days when obligated to do so via an open records request. Those missing forms are still needed to provide chain of custody proof for about 5,000 ballots. The Voter GA data team also found over 200 Fulton County mail-in ballot images containing votes not included in the hand count audit results for the November election. So those are the main points that came out of their press release. What happened in Fulton County wasn't an election. Guys, it was a joke with a predetermined Democratic outcome. Okay? President Trump, of course, he responded to this. He had a lot to say about Voter GA's statement. He put out a statement uh, of his own. And 
I'll, I'll, I'll read through some of it. He said, the news coming out of Georgia is beyond incredible. The hand count in Fulton County was a total fraud. They stuffed the ballot box and got caught. We will lose our country if this is allowed to stand. Then he went into some of the details and on how, you know, that I just covered on information that they had found. And then he goes... This means that Brad Raffensperger certified the 2020 presidential election scam despite it being, quote, riddled with massive errors and provable fraud, end quote. He, this proves that Susie Voiles, who, works, who worked Fulton elections for decades, suspected that fraud, fraudulent photocopied ballots were counted for Biden. This is on top of the 35,000 illegal votes recently found in Georgia and the over 100,000 obsolete voter registrations, plus thousands of dead people deleted after the election. So the 35,000 illegal votes, that's in regards to people who moved from one county to the next, and they did not correct the fact that they moved and so they voted in one county but they should have voted in the county that they moved to and it's illegal in the state of Georgia to have done that and to have not gotten registered in the county that you moved to and so it those votes should not have counted uh, and that's to the tune of 35,000. And then, of course, Donald Trump went on to ask, will the attorney general of Georgia, Chris Carr, finally act? How has Governor Brian Kemp allowed this to happen? This is corruption at the highest level. Our nation is at stake. I want to talk about this a little bit. And, of course, we're finding out information. And, and the truth was always going to come out. And people are asking the question, well, you know, nothing or, or saying nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Two things about that. You're right. Nothing, nothing will happen. They're not going to throw Joe Biden out. Donald Trump is not going to be um, declared the winner and allowed to take the White House back. I, I don't think we've had fraud um, when uh, I think it was Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson, I believe, was when they had pretty massive fraud before. And that he was allowed to continue to serve his term, even though it was discovered. It was nothing was done. That's what it's going to be here with this election. He's not going to get thrown in jail right now. They're not going to pull him out of the White House. So I, I hate that, but it is what it is. But the thing on a positive note that I would tell people is that this election doesn't tell you the truth about our country because you begin to see that maybe we're not as divided. Maybe we're not as maybe there was more people who had common sense than we thought that they did. Uh, with this, if, if they had to cheat to win, that proves to you that there were more people in the United States of America who think like you and I do than they were comfortable with and that that election showed because it was fraudulent. And so Arizona and Georgia, these states, they're, they're redder than that election indicated because it was fraud with that election. So th that's a, just a kind of a, a word of hope there with when you're looking at this election. Now, I, I could be surprised somebody might actually do something, but I highly doubt it. Uh, I highly doubt that there's anybody in Washington, D.C. that's actually going to do anything about Joe Biden having cheated to get into the White House. But as Joseph Stalin said, those that vote decide nothing. Those who count the vote decide everything. And folks, the reason that we haven't experienced what Cuba and Haiti are experiencing right now in our 200-year history is because the American people have been able to, by and large, trust our voting system.
If you like the riots in the streets, the young men being dragged out of their homes, and the government shutting down the internet and electricity of its citizens in Cuba, then by all means, don't demand election integrity. But don't come crying to me when you're raising your children in a banana republic. And when they're coming to your house and dragging your son out of your home. I mean, I watched a video of this happen this week. They, they stormed into a home in Cuba, drug a young man out while his parents and his family and the neighbors were screaming. And they conscripted him into the military to fight the people he loves. That's what's going on in Cuba. In these tyrannical governments. That's what's going on. And, and if that's what you like, then by all means proceed. But if you don't like that kind of behavior, then you must demand that every state in the union pass bills like what we like Texas is doing right now and not allow the government to ever use a crisis like a pandemic to just throw the rule book out the window and do new things for an election and loosen all of the rules and allow fraud to happen like this. So moving on to other ways the United States government is controlling you, the Democrats announced this week that they're working with tech agencies to censor text messages that promulgate what they call vaccine misinformation. According to Politico, the goal is to ensure that people who may have, have difficulty getting a vaccination because of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely. Now, how transportation has anything to do with censoring people's text messages, I don't know. But I do know this. We are in an age of information burning, precisely like the book burnings of the past, with every form of information sharing being monitored and anything that speaks against the progressive narrative being censored. From books on Amazon about transgenderism to Donald Trump on Twitter to your text messages about COVID. North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn was roundly mocked by leftists when he proclaimed the door-to-door -door vaccine campaign Biden is rolling out would lead to the government coming for your guns and your Bibles. But to quote Joseph Stalin, again, we don't let them have ideas. Why would we let them have guns? Look, you can, you can mock Madison Cawthorn all you want, but that Joseph Stalin quote, if they won't let you have ideas... Why would they let you have guns? And, and that's where we're at. They, that, right in the middle of that is where we're at. They don't want you to have ideas. They don't want you to think for yourself. They don't want you to question the narrative. And if they won't let you do those things, why in the world would they allow you to have a gun with which to stop them from taking everything that you have? They would. So a brief history lesson for you that my mother reminded me of from a recent article that she wrote. After Lenin's brother was quickly hanged in 1887 at the age of 21 for his attempt to assassinate Tsar Alexander III with a bomb, a radicalized Lenin said, no, we will not go that way, end quote. Historian Dmitry Volkogonov wrote, his remark, we will not go that way, meant that he realized it was not necessary to be a bomb thrower oneself like the unfortunate Alexander, Lenin's brother. Nor was it necessary to man the barricades oneself, or to put down rebellion oneself, or to go to the front in a civil war oneself. And he, Lenin, would never do any of these things himself. The main thing was to command huge, virtually unwitting masses. End quote. 
Look, the Soviet people became unwitting masses by government leadership, elites, and news outlets lying to them, either directly or by omission. We can now simply add tech giants to this ignominious list. I've only spoken about the Georgia election today and the Arizona election, but while we're listing unraveling lies, we can add COVID lies to the list. We can add January 6th armed insurrection to the list of unraveling lies. We can add Hunter Biden. We can add Trump and collusion. We can add the mostly peaceful protests from last year. And those are lies from only the last year. The First Amendment exists to keep the government from controlling what Americans hear. Free societies counter misinformation with information, not censorship. All right, if you're listening to this and you're wondering what in the world to do, the first thing I'll encourage you to do is to get all your friends and their children together and take a Constitution class. Hillsdale College and the John Birch Society both have these available. Knowing how our Constitution limits our government is the most powerful tool you can have in your pocket in regards to understanding and voting and being engaged in American politics. Also, and more importantly, Proverbs 18.15 says this, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Then, later in the book of Galatians, Paul tells us not to grow weary in doing good, and friends, seeking truth is a wise and good thing. We cannot allow ourselves to become unwitting masses. I know it seems overwhelming to pursue truth these days, especially when so many powerful forces are against us, and we must search high and low for the truth on even the most minute of topics. But do not give up in seeking truth and in speaking truth, because God has called us as Christians to do so, saying in Proverbs 4-7, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Of course, as Proverbs also says, True wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. But once a people adequately fear the Lord, they are driven to acquaint themselves with his word, which is the plumb line of truth, no matter the age and no matter the confusion we find ourselves in. The more wisdom from God's word we acquire, the more discerning we will become. And the more discerning we become, the easier it is for us to spot lies and determine truth. So in conclusion, to paraphrase one Twitter user, The great war on information continues, and your mind is the prize. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannahmillershow.com. 